Hey everybody, welcome to Wednesday night. We're looking at uh, John chapter 3, continu continuing on. So we finished off last week with verse 21, um, where it's talking about those who do what is right, so that others can see that they're doing what God wants, or that they can see God at work in what, on what, in what they're doing. Okay, so verse 22 and down to the end of the chapter, um, kind of changes gears a little bit. But uh, tonight we're going to be looking at 22 to 28. 22 to 28. John chapter 3, 22 to 28. So I just want to pick up where we left off. And then I'm going to read through all the verses and then we'll go back and uh, basically look at what, what God is saying. It says, verse 22, Then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went into the Judean countryside. Jesus spent some time with them there, baptizing people. At this time, John the Baptist was baptizing at Anon near Salem because there was plenty of water there and people kept coming to him for baptism. This was before John was thrown into prison. A debate broke out between John's disciples and a certain Jew over ceremonial cleansing. So John's disciples came to him and said, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah, is also baptizing people and everybody is going to him instead of us, instead of coming to us. So John replied, no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. And then, sorry, lost my spot here. And then 28. You yourselves know how plainly I told you I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. Okay, so we're just going to jump back up to verse 22. Then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went into the Judean countryside. And Jesus spent some time with them there baptizing people. So basically, what it, what it boils down to is Jesus has just been has met with Nicodemus, and he's they're done there. He's explained everything to Nicodemus. Nicodemus has obviously gone back to um, what he was doing in a sense because he was a teacher, the teacher of teachers, right? And Jesus has moved on, so Jesus is continuing forward with his ministry. And um, if you look at John chapter four verses one and two, which is I know I'm jumping ahead a little here, bit here. That, that verse itself tells us that Jesus himself didn't actually wasn't actually baptizing people, but it was actually his disciples. So Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went to, into the Judean countryside. Jesus spent some time with them there baptizing people. But it was actually mostly really his disciples that were baptizing everybody coming along. And it seems Jesus was the one speaking to them. Okay, so verse 23, at this time John the Baptist was baptizing at Anon near Salem. And if you remember back in the Old Testament, Salem is actually one of the areas that uh, Saul, King Saul, before he was king, went through looking for the lost donkeys. So if you want to look that up, that's in um, first, or first Samuel, I believe. Because there was plenty of water there and people kept coming to him for baptism. So look at this. This is actually quite strategic um, on, um, on John's part. And what we need to see here, too, is this. When we know what we're supposed to do for the Lord, we know our calling in light of what the Lord has put in our hearts, um, then we should employ strategy, sometimes logic, but we should be strategic about how we do things so that we can minister effectively, so we can minister efficiently, so we can minister well for the Lord. So John is basically doing that. He's found a great spot to preach repentance because there's lots of water there, and his ministry is baptizing people. He's like, well, there's a lot of water here. Let's do it here, you know? So it's water is readily available for people to be baptized. You see, John is being quite strategic and very effective in his ministry for the Lord. 
Another instance is uh, Acts chapter 8, verses 36 to 38, if you remember Philip and the eunuch. And it says, as they rode along, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? Some, and then verse 37, in some manuscripts, it says, You can, Philip answered, if you believe with all your heart. And the eunuch replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. So, what, what I'm showing you here is this. It's not the water that's holy. You can use any water you want. You know, John was in at Anon, near Salem, baptizing people. Philip was with the eunuch, passing by. What could have been a puddle, could have been a small pond, it could have been anything like that. And it said, look, there's some water, let's be baptized. Let's baptize you. You know what I mean? So, it's not about the water. It's about being effective in the ministry and using the resources around you well for God's glory. Um, also in Matthew chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says this. People from Jerusalem and from all of Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. So basically, John is helping them. Uh, they've already believed in their heart. And what he's doing is giving them the opportunity to confess with their mouth through baptism. Baptism is a sign of what you believe in your heart. It's an outward sign of what you believe in your heart. It's an outward sign of an inwardly changed person. Okay, the baptism itself doesn't change you. It's it basically, um, oh, I can't think of the word. Darn it. But anyways, so it's like a picture of what's already happened inside. It's an outward picture of what's already happened inside. So inside your heart, you accept Jesus. In, you, inside your heart, you accept Jesus. You acknowledge that you're a sinner. You accept him into your heart. What happens is you're rejuvenated. You're rejuvenated. And that's what baptism basically signifies is you go down the old man into the water, the old woman into the water, you come back up the new person. Okay? So that's what we're looking at here. So remember, it's not the actual water. It's not the baptismal. It's not any of that. It's the sign of what you already believe in your heart. It's the confession of faith baptism in this case. So, and then Paul tells us that in Acts chapter 19, 4 to 18 says, Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. And then verse 24 says this, this was before John was thrown into prison. So remember, all of this is happening before John is thrown into prison. So Jesus' disciples, um, John and his disciples, basically his followers, you know, and they're coming across each other here. Verse 25, a debate broke out between John's disciples and a certain Jew or certain Jews over ceremonial cleansing. What I find interesting here is this. This is a place where new life is being shown, outwardly shown by people, and people are still arguing, you know? And isn't that just like us, right? That God's doing some mighty things, but we're going to go nitpick on people. We're going to say, oh, look at the way he's doing that you know, that's not the way we do it here. That's not the way Calvary Chapel does it. How can, how dare he do that here? You know, or whatever it might be. That's foolishness. That's foolishness. People are being baptized and repenting of their sins. And, but there's still plenty of lot of pride left over to, to be able to go into a little dispute and arguments. Um, over ceremonial cleansing in this case. But think about your own case. How often do you forget what the Lord is doing enough that you're going to start picking on other people or nitpicking or tearing down, you know, 
my mom always used to say, are you going to be a part of the construction crew or do you want to be part of the demo demolition crew? Are you here to break things down or are you here to encourage people? And I always thought, oh, come on, that's ridiculous. But she was right. You know, was I here? Was I, was I put on this earth to be part of the people that break everybody down and tear people down like a demolition crew would? Or was I here to be part of the construction crew, which was to build up? So, you know, later on, I realized that she was right. And I've joined the right team. I'm here to build you up. <laughs> so, verse 26. So John's disciples came to him and said, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah, is also baptizing people, and everybody's going to him instead of coming to us. Okay, second thing to remember. When God's doing some stuff, when God's do moving, don't start nitpicky about how, how people are being moved by the Holy Spirit or what they're doing in in while they're in the holy spirit you know second thing to remember is we're not in competition with other believers or other churches we're not we're not in competition it's not about how our church does things better than that church or our church's ministries are more effective than that church's ministries it's not about that no that's again foolishness that is one of the lies of satan to pit believers against believers when instead what we should be doing is focus on our, focusing our energy to Glorifying the kingdom of God and standing up to Satan and his minions that are coming against us and other people through prayer and worship and the reading of the word. You know, that's what Satan runs away from. He can't stand in front of God's word. He can't stand in front of praise to God, God, the almighty king. He can't stand in front of us communing with God through prayer. But we need to remember that we're not in competition with other believers in churches. <clears throat> we're on the same page. We all we're all partly working on the same plan. But the the weird the crazy thing is that we all work on God's plan in different ways. God allows us to do it according to who we are, who He's made us. So it's very, in a sense, individualized. Now, the thing is this: we can all work on God's plan differently, but we have to do it according to God's plan. God has laid out things that we need to abide by. So we need to be very careful that we are abiding by the things that God has laid out to us on how to do things, to speak in love, to treat others with kindness, to not be judgmental, to name a few. That's how we're supposed to go about God's plan. But we can all, in a sense, we all go about it differently because we're all different people. We're all unique. So in this case, the means do not justify the ends. Okay, We all have to get to the same end basically but how we get there is very important it is very important on how we get there okay so remember that we need to go about god's plan god's way all right remember that two things to remember tonight so the one thing we see here is this john isn't in competition you know it's actually a completion of john's ministry because his ministry was to herald the coming of the messiah right he was to herald the coming of the messiah now that he has heralded the Messiah, he's heralded the coming of the Messiah, he's pointed him out saying, this is the Messiah. John's ministry is like, hey, I'm done here. And we'll see that later on, we'll see that actually John's ministry, John's ministry is coming to a close because he will soon be put into prison and beheaded, executed for his ministry. Um, if you remember in John chapter 1, verses 6 to 7, 15, 27, and 34, it said this, God sent the man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. 
Verse 15, John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds. This is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. Verse 27, though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. And verse 34, it says, I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. And we see that this was the way it was supposed to be. If you want to look in the book of Mark, chapters 2, chapter 3, chapter 5, we see that wherever Jesus went, wherever he spoke, he was flocked with people. It was always the case where John was going to say, bah, 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 Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, and all the crowds should not be running to John, they should be running to Jesus, who John is calling out, who's heralding. Okay? So, we see that, and this is, again, see, the, the John's disciples saying, everybody's going to him instead of coming to us. That's the point. That was John's whole point. He even says, I believe we're going to talk to we're going to be talking about it next week. He says, less of me, more of him. Everybody should be going to him because I'm not the one that's the Messiah. So then John replies to this. He says, No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. So think about it like this: your ministry comes from God. Okay? If you have a ministry, which really we all have a general ministry. But the general ministry and the specific ministry, it all comes from God. The, not just the ministry, but then the gifts to accomplish what God has put in your lap to do, that also comes from God. No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. So whatever you have, God has given it to you. It might be your financial resources. It might be your house. It might be your character, your personality. It might be some specific talents and abilities and gifts that God has given you to complete the ministry. Um, they all come from God. Every single aspect of that comes from God. <clears throat> so, it, it's part of God's plan. And remember, He appoints those to go out about certain aspects of His plan. And then, He not only does that, He not only points out who to go about what, but He deline delineates how to go about it. You are going to do this, and this is how you're going to do it. You know, And some people would say, you know, I have a vision. The Lord's given me a vision, or I have a vision for this ministry. That's the Lord a lot, most times, speaking about how He wants it done. Um, Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 5, and 6. He says this, After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. See, that's the, the point there. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seeds in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, and, but it was God who made it grow. Every person did his part in that part of God's plan. Okay, And then 1 Corinthians 4, 7 says this, For what gives you the right to make such a judgment? What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if everything you have is from God, why boast as, that, as though it were not a gift? As though it was you who had it, right? Third thing to remember tonight is, everything you have, whatever gifts, abilities, ministries that you have, they're from God. They're from God. God has appointed you to do that specific thing in a specific way. Be faithful to do it, but do not boast about it on your own. Make sure that the glory goes to God. Verse 28. You yourselves know how plainly I told you. Remember, this is John talking again. I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. So John, again, has to remind his disciples of why he's really here. He's reminding them of his purpose. And then he's stepping out of the way, saying, basically saying, I'm getting out of the way because he's the man, he's the Messiah, he's the one that will fulfill prophecy, not me. 
Excuse me. That was a sneeze, not a cough. So John is getting out of the way. John chapter 1 verse 7, we remember we covered that quite a few weeks ago. It says, it tells us that John came as a witness of the light. John chapter 1, 19 to 27 tells us that John's own testimony of who he is and what he came to do. Okay? And then we can even look into the Old Testament, Malachi 3, 1, which again talks about John. It says, look, I'm sending my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant, whom you look for so eagerly, is surely coming says the Lord of Heaven's armies. So, a couple things we want to remember is, are, um, shoot, where is it? We need to be effective in our ministry. We need to use the resources that are around us to, to be effective for God's glory. Second thing to remember is, we're not in competition with other churches and other believers. Remember that. We're on the same team here, folks. Okay? Thirdly, Last, third thing we need to remember is where everything you have comes from. Your ministry, your gifts, your abilities, your talents, your resources, they come from God. So we need to remember we're not in competition. We need to remember that everything we have comes from God. We need to remember... Um, where is it? I forgot it already. We need to remember to be effective in our ministry by using the resources around us. And even in using not using people but putting people to work that have the gifts to be able to do certain aspects of the work so i just wanted to leave you that with that tonight remember those things use those things god has given us all a ministry everybody has a ministry you might have a general ministry of discipling the nations baptizing them in the name of the father son and the holy spirit you might have a very specific ministry being a church leader an elder, a deacon, or a pastor, or women's ministry leader, or men's ministry leader. You might have a very specific ministry. But you have ministry to your family and your wife and your children. You have a ministry to your um, unsaved uh, relatives. You have ministry to unsaved colleagues and friends. You know, like we all have a ministry here, folks. And so we need to be effective in that ministry. We need to use the resources that God has given us. And we need to remember that all those resources and abilities and talents and ministries that we have come from the Lord. All right. God bless you guys. And we'll talk to you next week. Have a good night.